Hey there, welcome to Opinions, I'm Harry. And I'm Ben, welcome back to another episode. We had a little hiatus, a little bit of a holiday break, so welcome back. I hope everyone had a, had a good break. AKA, I went to the wine regions in Australia and <laughs> ate dessert, cheese and wine for a week. I mean, pretty much living it up. Uh, possibly what Zion's doing as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> so a little rude. That meme, when uh, I have to talk about that meme, that uh, the, so the Rockets released some like fancy like new like hot dog recipe or something. And it was like, oh, yeah. And then there was a meme where someone was like, the Rockets get fined for tampering to trying to get Zion over. <laughs> so savage, but oh, oh, sorry, I mean, Zion. it's not great. I'm yeah. Sorry. Hopefully, hopefully he'll be, he'll be better soon. But <laughs> we've had a week's break. There's probably going to be no more breaks until the end of this season, which we're yep. shooting along. Absolutely. Shooting like, a spe- well. like a speed bullet. So we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to try and condense two weeks into one. Maybe yep. we'll just ignore the week we were away. Who knows? But today's inspirational quote: "If you believe in yourself, anything is possible. Except if you are Dennis Roder, man should have taken the bag." No, that's the way to lose money real quick. <laughs> oh, I might have to replay that in post, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> so a lot's happened. Um, Let's, who yeah, do we talk about first? I think first? biggest biggest thing I, I think we have to have to mention is um, KK, happy right? play day, everyone. Yeah, gotta be really careful here. Two like, Ks, not three. <laughs> not no no, <laughs> not even getting close to that territory. No, no. no Clay. We we'll start with him. He's back. Kyrie. KK. We have to we have to start with Clay. I feel. Uh, we got to talk about Clay, the boatmaster. Yeah. The, uh, happy Clay Day. Captain of the captain of the ship. He's back finally. Long awaited return. Uh, I mean, it it sucks when you see a player go down. I honestly, it feels like a decade ago uh, went down in the in the playoffs. Oh, but, but yeah, he's it's, he's had a huge that, huge break, but he's back. That was two finals ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, how crazy it is. Not one, but two finals ago. So. And, that 2019. was back when Golden State was the Lakers for me. I wanted like they were they were my <laughs> Lakers where I wanted someone to beat them. Yeah, I mean I think the whole league did at that yeah. point. So Raptors came along and did the job. Um, no. But yeah, I think he's. I don't want to get this like, misconceived. Like I love watching the the Golden State, but I just like to see other people win. Yeah. But now that the fortunes have changed and that. Golden State are a little less broken. I'm actually fine with them if they mm. they make a deep playoffs run. I'm okay with that now. Yeah, so I feel like still... I'm allowed to like the Warriors now because they haven't won the last few finals. So it's exciting to watch them again. <laughs> they're fu- yeah, they're fun again because it's not as mm. like they're beatable. They're not OP. Yeah, they've been nerfed. Yep, so, but <laughs> got, Clay... got highly nerfed in the last couple of patches. Clay's kind of uh... scary. So let's break down. He's only played two mm. games so far. With the uh, with the yep. Warriors, so it's obviously very early, very early days. He did a dunk in his first game. Can I just throw that out there? Like he did a two pointer midi, he hit a three pointer, then he hit a dunk over like um, over like two bigs for the Cavs. Like yeah, he, he honestly dunked over about three Cavs players, and it was good to see because it was interesting coming back first game whether they'd be kind of just utilizing him a little bit softer than usual, maybe just some spot up shots. But now he was kind of getting straight back into it, which is really good to see. Well, a 
apparently, according to Steve Kerr, the first play they drew up wasn't actually supposed to be for Clay, but Clay was like, nah, F this, I'm open, shot! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's his mentality, isn't it? Yeah. If, if he has the shot, he's, he's, he's pulling. A, he's so. a shooter. So... Let's quickly um, break down the stats. So just over his two games. So in the game against Cleveland, which they won, which was honestly, Mm. I think Steph had a stinker and it was not a high scoring game. Yeah, 18 points. Um, Yeah. And then in their loss to the Memphis Grizzlies, Grizzlies, Memphis Grizzlies, Mm. Bears, scary, um, which they lost. But for those two games... He um, averaged a field goal percentage of 38%, or 389 to be exact, and a three-point mm-hmm. percentage, which is 375 which honestly, look, you probably want your field goal nope. percentage a little bit higher, but that three-point percentage is fine. Yeah, I was going to say from the field, not great, but his three-point, I mean, that's, that's something I feel like he's always going to have no matter what happens. It's good to see that perfectly functioning. Uh, Scoring-wise, yeah, obviously he's averaging a bit more than that in his career but i mean it's such a small sample size only two games so yeah, far yeah but it's, good to see him still putting up double digits so it's so early. Like. Mm. It, it, but... uh, and i also also want to point out too because i think personally for me at least the offense has been kind of the thing that i've been confident that'll come back i think it's the defense that i think was going to be the, the issue obviously with an injury like he had uh, i think the athleticism and i think defensive capability that's what I'm a bit worried about but He's already got a couple blocks and a steal, so uh, obviously just stats, but he's still contributing defensively. So I think that's the thing that I want to watch more than yeah. anything. And, and again, he's only he's only he's been given two really tight, like he's only played twenty minutes on the dot for these two games. So they're not yeah rushing him into full time minutes, but obviously yeah, it's Definitely. it's good to see. Now, if we continue to see this trend where Clay, you know, we're not expecting him to go, you know playoff clay or what he was to like, mm. you know three or four years ago but if he can follow the same sort of pattern as durant hopefully mm. with the uh, assistance of medical modern science how, yep. where does it change your um your opinion of golden state in, in the west and and for the finals does it yeah oh I, I think it makes them, I mean, I think it's a bit of an obvious take, but I think it makes them twice as scary. Um, it's, it's pretty interesting. I mean, I, I've been very impressed, to be honest, with how the Warriors bounced back. They obviously had that down season with all the injuries. But even even last season, I think, making the play-in and still looking like a bit of a threat. Mm. And then, obviously, to the top of the league this season, I think it's it's been a bit of a surprise the whole way through. But I feel like Clay is really that cherry on top, I it, think, it, with him. It's... Like, him back as long as he contributes even a half of what he did before i think that's enough to really cement them if they weren't already at, at, at really championship potential well, so. they're, they're second at the moment without clay and mm. with curry having off days so now you've got clay thompson who if curry's having an off day can probably if he played more minutes get like get you an easy 20 a game at the rate that he's shooting mm. absolutely it's I mean, definitely a... the Warriors won with this with this lineup without Durant. Obviously, they they won a championship, and I feel like the only difference really is that their stars are a little bit older now. They have a slightly different bench, but the bench is still contributing really well. And they have guys like Jordan Poole, who I mean, I think they've really improved and stepped up. So I think they're looking just as scary as as the championship days. So 
watch out. <laughs> very, very watch scary. Out. And they have more than enough time to get, you know, integrate Clay into the offense, into the defense, get, you know, mm. all of Steve, Kerr, Steve Kerr's, uh, you know, plays and all that up and up and running. So, like, yeah, he's got time mm. to adjust. He's got time to get up to speed. Um, yeah. And it's it's pretty scary, honestly. It's look, I still think mm. that the Golden State Warriors are a little weak in the big department. Yeah, I was just about to say, I mean, they've only got really one seven footer <laughs> um in Wiseman. Other than that, they do have a bit of a small ball lineup. Um players like Bailitza, who are really I guess he played a little bit of small forward, power forward on other teams. He's one of the bigger players on the team now, so yeah. Again, that's that's yeah. I guess a small lineup, but that's that's how they've been doing it. Really, they've but it's it works for them. So working yeah. so far, I'd like to see them play. I, I'd love it if it was like Golden State versus L A or or Denver, just to see mm. you know a team with a bit more height. Like can't, could Anthony Davis, could uh, the Joker, um, mm. you know, really punish them for not having that that rim protection. Yeah, that, definitely. Because that's their main big hole. I think bigs are their big hole. Otherwise, everything... And obviously, they're playing smart. Like, you know, you watch them play defense. They're all really smart. There's a lot of switching. There's a lot of, you know, mm. hiding Steph Curry out in plain sight as much as possible. <laughs> I mean, we did get a little bit of a sneak peek with their game, Clay's first game back against Cleveland, because as we've seen, Cleveland's been running quite a large lineup, which has been successful for them. Uh, but, so I guess that's a little bit of a taste, but, but I think, Cavs, yeah, against uh, some of the other West just, teams. So let, let's talk about a couple of trades quickly. Let's While we're mentioning mm, the Cavs, because yep. the Cavs are still very exciting. However, unfortunately, mm. the Spanish god uh, Rubio went down. Oh, with a, which that is was such, honestly sad to watch. Such a yeah. bummer, because he was playing so You could so tell well. he knew he had a big injury, but he kind of looked like he almost wanted to keep going. But, yeah, so rough to watch. So, so he went down. Um, Cavs mm. have really like putting the bandaid over things. Um, mm. Traded for for Rondo, which yeah, I'm not against the trade. I think it's like honestly, it's making the best out of a really really crappy situation. Like they have all the bigs in the world, they just have no point guards. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Rondo's primary mm. job, I. I'm going to take, you know, it's, this isn't a huge hot take. Rondo's job is to pass it to the right person at the right time. They don't yeah. They don't want playoff Rondo. They don't want Rondo to come in and score 20 points a game. They just need someone to to move the ball, to play make, to, to set people up when mm. they're in the right position. Definitely. I think, obviously, losing Rubio, who was important for their lineup, they really needed facilitator to come in. So I don't think the Rondo trade was really that bad. Um Interestingly, though, he has actually been playing decent, pretty well. yeah. Uh, playing pretty well. Yeah, he he actually hit. Uh, I think in the game against the Warriors, actually, he was hundred percent from three. He hit all three of his three pointers. Uh, scored fifteen points, and that's decent contribution. I think. Yeah. Obviously, focus on the focus on the distribution and passing the ball. But if he's adding, yeah, even double digit points, I think that's more than enough that they can ask from him. So, it's, Which, uh, yeah, still good hopes for the Cavs. Yeah, no, I, and I think that's a great opportunity for Rondo to, because sh- you know he kind of got, uh, he kind of got thrust to the side by Lakers when you know the Lakers mm. worked out they couldn't play Rondo and Russ together, just yeah. not enough defense. <laughs> but Cleveland, are like, hey, mm. you know, we could, uh, and you know, Russ has to have the ball in his hands. So then, what's the point of having Rondo out there if he, you know, they're mm. both more ball dominant guards? 
But yeah, definitely. With since he's uh, come to Cleveland previously, mm. yeah. Sorry, I'm just looking at the stats. He look, he went two from nine in his first game, which you know isn't great. But those were two three mm. pointers. It was actually two from. He took eight three pointers and got two, which. Mm. Uh, and he was five from six from the free throw line. So he got 11 points in his first game, 15 points in his second mm-hmm. game, and five points in his third game. However, the assists gone up. So first game was three assists, second was five, and the third game was th- six assists. So I'm quite happy yeah. to see his scoring go down if his assists go up. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's his focus that he'll have to, yeah. have to really work on. So. Six assists, two steals. FYI. Yeah, and defensively too. If he can, if he can be a little bit of an irritant on defense, get a couple steals. I think yeah, that's yeah. that's also something that'll bring yeah. to the table. So, but yeah. again, like Rondo isn't here to to take over the Cavs, but I think he's a perfect. You know, he's a veteran. He knows his role, and mm. I think he's got a lot of knowledge that he can pass on to everyone in the Cavs. And then mm. I don't know if he's on a one year deal. Is he on a one year deal? I feel like he's on a one year deal. I'm pretty um, sure it'll be yeah one deal, but, one way uh, one deal. So, one yeah. year, but but yeah. if they can get him back, it's not a terrible person to have on the bench, you know, helping it. Or I guess mm. if Rubio's back. It depends how long Rubio's out for. But you know, as a budget Rubio, not terrible, and he's still got a lot to pass on. If Colin Sexton, like I know he's out for most of the season, but you know, if you can mm. get Rondo with Sexton, that's you know a lot of experience. And yeah, I was going to say with, with Garland and Sexton, the young guards. I think having that yeah veteran presence. Honestly, even even if Rondo doesn't play once Rubio's back, I think, yeah, as a bit of a mentor, could work well. Yeah, and, like, Garland's been playing out of his mind. So, oh, yeah. Like, he's, like, you know, he's a bit really up and down. Well. He's young. You know, he got mm. drafted two or three years ago. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, 2019. Yeah, I think he's in about his, yeah, third season so, now, yeah. But, you know, he's taken the opportunity to, you know, his points averages are up. I think all of his averages are up from his career. So he's mm. really taken the the opportunity to really show what he's about. So I'm still excited for Cleveland, but this is slowly turning into like imagine what could happen next year, sort of yeah situation. That, that's fair. I think probably not looking at title contenders, but no. considering that they're legitimate playoff threats, I think that's a huge improvement because I yep. would not have called that at the beginning of the season. So look, they're yeah. still in sixth right now. Mm. If they can hold aim for like seventh or eighth or even a play-in spot, like I think that's a great step up for the Cavs, considering that you know they were bottom of the mm. barrel the last couple of years. Absolutely, I think that's yeah, great improvement and that's the right trajectory they want to go in. Yeah. So let's talk about the Cavs. Let's talk about Kyrie. But before we talk about Kyrie, just really quickly, um, despite missing, I've got a little stat here about Clay. Clay's missed nine hundred and forty-one mm. consecutive days with injuries. Um, and has still played in more games and minutes than Kyrie Irving. <laughs> and they were both <laughs> drafted in the same year of 2011. Yeah, I was going to say they're both in the same 2011 draft yep. class. So, wow. Yep. That's so, such a mind-boggling stat. I think part of that surely would be attributed to just playoff consistency because I think Clay's been in possibly. a lot more playoff games. So I think it's part of it. But That helps, but Kyrie's wow. also in and out a lot. So Kyrie's yep, back. Uh, look, I've got mm. a really short, hot like take for this. He's still good, but mm. he's still injury prone. To, mm. So he, well, okay, let's 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 put a bit more clarification in. It's it's not his fault that he's injured at the moment. Um, mm. So he was playing quite well. I think, like you know, obviously he needs a little bit more time to 
to integrate in with the team. And at the moment, he's still only playing away games. He cannot play yep. at home. Yep. Which apparently the Nets are furiously, intensely talking to the, the council, the, the, the government, whoever you guys talk to, whoever mm. they talk to have to talk to about these mandates, um, trying to work something out because... At the moment, visiting teams can be unvaccinated, but Kyrie, because he lives is coming out of Brooklyn, has to be mm. vaccinated. So there's seems but, a little bit of a double standard, but yeah, it is. But I mean, the contribution even in the away games, I think they really could use that oh, at home too. They because he's been playing pretty decently. They need to start lowering KD's minutes, or he's not going to make it all the way through the playoffs. It's just mm. KD's doing crazy crazy minutes at the moment and it's just they need yeah, to start yes, less gotta take off. some of the load off him mm. Kyrie uh, got he's played two games he got 22 points in both of them and from those two games mm. he was averaging 47.4% from the field and 30% from three which mm. great honestly those are, that's another Clay Thompson sort of thing those are good again it's a very small sample size we can't look that yeah. much into it but it looks like Kyrie's back you know Kyrie's just great at and what he does. Watching a shot, like obviously three pointer could be a little bit higher percentage, but even just his mid range, I, I almost forgot when we were talking a couple episodes ago about the mid range still being a very effective shot. Kyrie is just another master at it. Some of his pull up shots, the defender just keeps on running. His ability to stop that quickly on a spot, oh, oh so good to watch. So he good is, to watch. He is so like again. Kyrie isn't the most amazing on defense, but gosh, is mm. he? something special to watch on offense yeah <laughs> and Definitely. he he was still and and i will i will stand by this during the i'm just going to call it the harden era of foul baiting uh, <laughs> during during the foul bait era Kyrie was not foul baiting he was pushing through contact he was mm. you know he he did not really break into that that uh, look i'm sure he baited occasionally i'm not saying he's completely free of that but compared to a lot mm. of the people but who it wasn't sh- a tactic that he was implementing as no, much no no mm. and i you know he's uh, amazing at the rim he's amazing in the mid-range i'm very excited to see Kyrie back i just mm. hope they can sort out i just honestly look i know i, I don't want to get into the the pros and cons of you know and and katie i think said this best he's like look you know it's his decision i i've asked you know at the end of the day it's up to him i'm just here to play ball mm. and it would be great though if they could resolve this situation uh, however they resolve it so that Kyrie can play at home because because yeah. not that, an ideal situation that so. would be huge if they he can play at home because um, yeah. at the moment I still think the Nets are good but mm. I'm not sure if they can you know sort of get themselves over the ed- edge without Kyrie I mean, they're still looking obviously very dangerous. They're not actually top of the East anymore, as uh, Chicago's actually taken that still uh, that spot at the moment, which is crazy. Uh, well, but yeah, I think the Nets, yeah, like like we we're kind of saying, that three-pronged attack, just having that extra fallback if someone does have a bad game over the course of a playoff, like, yeah. I think, yeah, it would be important to get him back. So. You know, and Harden needs to be 100% as well, which Harden's still in and out of the mm-hmm. lineup a little bit. KD just, I don't know, mm-hmm. man, does that man just like, like his energy, like his his charge is just from playing ball. Like you can't get that man off the court. 
So. I think he just thrives on the soles of the ankles he breaks or something. I think the Slim Reaper <laughs> must be fueled on something, yeah. something magical. So, uh, so short version, Brooklyn Nets are looking good, but there's a lot of question marks. Obviously, still waiting for Joe Harris, um, the Kyrie mm. situation, which I believe most of the Brooklyn Nets schedule is away from home for the rest of the year. So... Mm. Kyrie could be that little bit that helps them keep up the top, but obviously you still need him, Mm. want him as much as possible in playoffs. So that for Mm. me is a little bit of a question mark, but still looking very strong. Mm. Absolutely. If Chicago finishes in first this season, I will just be (sighs) mind blown. That's such a. Oh, I will be too. That'd be incredible. I mean, they're they're nine and one on their last 10 games. And I have to call it out too because we have had a little bit of a break. It's a little bit old news, but DeRozan's back-to-back buzzer beater game winners. <laughs> First time so ever good. that's happened, ever in history. So good. Absolutely clutch. I mean, I, I can't even say any more about the, that. It's just so, the, so good to watch that team. I'm pretty sure the first buzzer beater, he hadn't taken a three all game except for that one. I mean, that's clutch. Hasn't even got his rhythm. But at the biggest moment when it counts, and it was it was a double clutch. It was like a, almost a leaning sideways one it was too. A, it was like a left. It was it like off. an off foot jumper thing. Yeah, it was off balance. Was and then the next one, literally, and it wasn't even like a break in between back to back games. And he pump fakes the defender, has the nerve to do that, but still gets his shot off in time. <laughs> So clutch, could, so clutch. You could see Levine on the side. Like, Levine was, like, a little bit open, and, like, Levine's like, yeah, yeah, give it to me. And, like, DeRozan's yeah. like, no, I've got this. And then, like, you see him go <laughs> up, and Levine's a little bit like, damn it. Like, you know, looked like, I, I want to say he looked, like, a little annoyed, like, maybe DeRozan should have passed it. And then it went in, and Levine mm. was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even be mad at that point. No. Oh, my gosh. No. But that's he's... the thing. The Bulls have multiple options now, so... They don't have to go through Levine for everything, which is, yeah, honestly, I think, good thing. So exciting. And they're still winning with people missing and, you know, adjusting mm. like everyone else in the league. Um, yeah. It's it's so exciting. I love I love watching the Bulls at the top. Nike, please send some, you know, Chicago Bulls stuff that isn't like, look, I love Levine, but I'll give me some other options, yo. I need some... <laughs> I need some That's Chicago true. swag that isn't Levine. I love you, Levine, but I'd really like to get a ball or a. We've got to, yeah, we've got to wrap some AC. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll have to get something uh, custom made if if we. Uh, That's true. Cool. Uh, let's. I want to so, quickly shout out just quickly. It'll be very very brief. Calling out the Raptors because I need to show some love to the teams that were at the bottom, but the Raptors actually bumped their way up into eighth. Uh, just since the, we have, we're talking about Doros and a bit of a link back to the Raptors. Yep. Uh, but yeah, they're 7-3 and three on their last uh, last 10 games. They went on a six-winning streak, which is over now, unfortunately. But, I mean, honestly, the East, we said it early in the season. So wild. It's so juicy. It's so wild. I mean, the Hawks and the Knicks, who I thought would be a lot higher, sitting in 11th and 12th still, not looking incredible. And the Raptors, yeah, they've kind of taken the chance to pounce. Uh, Fred Van Vliet just playing out of his mind. Yep. It, it's just it's just insane in the east at the moment so good to watch and you've got you've got washington in ninth and boston in 10th mm. like it's so close it's so exciting and i'm all separated by only a couple games yeah yeah it's it's just insane honestly the the east could come down to if the paces blow it up or not and who gets those players like mm. that could be a huge be for, really interesting for other people's teams so we'll have to see because like the Pacers said they're blowing it up and then they haven't done anything 
but mm, I think they know that they haven't got a championship winning team. So I just, I don't know what you mm. do as the Pacers. I think you, you know, they're not far from tanking. Like, you know, they're, they're you know, they haven't got the worst uh, in the league, but, you know, if they offload some people, I mean, now, they could they, really ride they the They did make train. a good, uh, they made a good pickup in uh, Lance Stevenson, though. <laughs> if that could Lance, be the X factor. Lance makes them dance. Uh. Lance makes them oh, dance. Man. A 30 pot, like... Oh, what a performance. It's it's like a time machine this season. It really I is. See. Like, seeing guys like like Iso Joe come back and Lance, and it, it's crazy. <laughs> he's on a he's on a second 10-day. I don't, like, there was a rumor that they wanted to make him permanent, but at the moment, I believe it's just a mm. second 10-day contract. But what yep. is it with Lance and only playing good when he's playing for the Pacers? Yeah, I mean, he originally was picked up by the Hawks there for his 10-day, and then they, they waived him. But yeah, goes back to the Pacers, has a huge game. I think he had about 17 points or something just in the first quarter in one of their games. Every Pacers <laughs> stint he has, he plays well. And then, yeah. you know, someone else is like, yeah, you're playing really good, we'll have you. And then he plays like absolute trash. And they're like, oh, you're a meme. <laughs> and then he goes back to the Indiana again, and he's like, I'm not a meme. Like, <laughs> It's honestly it's... Look, like looking back at the days when he was locking up LeBron on defense, like in the in the playoffs. <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. It's honestly great. But... I think you're right, though. I think the Pacers don't have what it takes at this point. No. Uh, Sabonis, had, I think, had a career high. So, I mean, they've got the they've got the stars, but not a whole team to back it up. So, no. I think if Sabonis went somewhere new, that I think that team yeah. instantly has a much better... Yeah. And chance. Miles Turner has been pretty vocal with his frustration with his current role. So, mm. yeah. A lot to yeah. I, I just want to see what happens and if you know, do they blow it up now? Do they blow it up later? What's the what's the strategy? Mm. Gosh, there's still so much to talk about. <laughs> Thank goodness we got that extra fifteen minute YouTube section. Which check it out soon, guys. Absolutely. Trying to work on catching up on all the uploads, but this was the week. <laughs> uh, what what else is important? Let's talk about um, while we're talking about trades and possible trades. Um, Taco Fall got waived mm. by mm, the Cavs. Which bit of a shame for fans. <laughs> yeah, people like Taco. I understand. It's one of those things where, uh, well, at least for the Cavs, they have enough bigs already to sink a battleship. A Definitely big, <laughs> a big ship. Yeah. Um, oh gosh. And Taco is one of those things, a bit like Bol Bol, where like he's so tall. It's and look. Props to Taco. He's walked really hard to to get. Like he definitely has improved. Hmm. It's. But he's he's one of the he's a bit of a project still, and I think at at this point they need to see if they're willing to invest in that project or if they want to kind of run with what they've got. And I think that's a fair call by Cleveland. I just don't know what else you can do because, like, I was watching some of his G League, um, Mm. G League uh, stats and plays, and he dominates the G League. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, gets an easy fifteen to twenty-five points a game. Just for whatever Mm. reason can't get that same sort of performance from an NBA level. There's too many fast yeah. guards. I don't, I don't know how you fix, and I guess this is the question, how do you fix the taco fall and bowl bowl issue? Especially like bowl bowl just got traded to Detroit after spending mm-hmm. a lot of time, you know, hinting that he wants out of Denver and, you know, Denver's like, you know, semi contending. So they haven't really got mm-hmm. a lot of time for a project like bowl bowl where he just needs some minutes yeah. to play. Like I, I think he's got great handles. It might have an attitude problem, but you know, it's hard to tell when he gets 
only comes on for garbage minutes. So Detroit yeah. picked him up. But and, and again, I'm sure if Bolbo was, I think Bolbo spent some time in the G League and work as well and was pretty dominant. What? Mm. How do you? And like you see all the potential. What? How do you fix the Taco Fall and Bolbo problem? How do you get them integrated in mm. a way that is helpful? Or is it just one of those well, things I where think... they're just too tall and just not? nimble enough well, firstly to... i think i think you're right on, on one hand with the denver situation because it is a shame i wanted to see him get more minutes but like you said they're, they're contending they kind of have their their roster they don't really want to give him and any more minutes jo- just to invest in that yeah exactly i mean they've got a pretty good center as it is reigning mvp uh but yeah i think the taco and bobo i think they're two different cases i think taco he has a lot to offer obviously seven foot five huge size but he's a bit one-dimensional and i think yeah most of the bigs now, if you look, they're very versatile. So I think uh, he's, yeah, definitely more of a specific role off the bench. So not every team would need him. Ball, ball, though, I, I still have a bit of faith with him. Because I think got, he's, he he's is versatile. Handles. He's got handles. Yeah, he's seven, he's seven two. As he said, he's tall, but he can shoot. He can honestly run a fast break. He's a bit more versatile. But I think the issue with him in particular, which is a bit different to Taco, is, yeah, just the amount, amount of minutes. And I don't blame him for wanting to go. I mean, I think still contributed to Denver, but yeah, I mean, on Detroit, a team that's, what, second worst in the NBA at the moment, I mean, he's going to get more minutes there, and uh, that's a fair call. If he wants to really worth the risk. be a bigger role, that's on him, so that, that's, that's so, fair, and I think they'll they'll give that a go. So honestly, Cade and, and Bol Bol, if he really reaches his potential, that could be a cool dynamic duo. <laughs> it, 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 I just think he has a lot of, a lot of like, it, yeah, it's one of those things where... I think there's a lot of potential. And look, to be fair on Taco, like, yes, he's not as diverse as Bol Bol, but Taco has been putting in the work compared to... He has, yeah. He, he has been working hard to improve. Um, mm. It's, yeah, it's just... It's obviously, like, you've got a potential offense and rebounds, but is the potential drop in defense worth it? Mm. I mean, I think on the right team, I think it's just a matter of... Finding it's, the team that he, he has the skill set, it just needs the right to match. matchups as well. Yeah, true. Yeah, Definitely that's a very good point. Very, very matchup heavy. But we'll have to see if, yeah. if Detroit will give him some minutes. You'd hope that they would, otherwise, they wouldn't have traded for him. But Yeah, I think they, they're at the point where they're not contending. They might as well work on the prospect, and honestly, it could work out quite well for them. So it's Detroit we'll finish have to the bottom again and just get another. <laughs> I think it's looking that way. To be honest, another so. top five pick that'd be pretty interesting. Then they've got a mm. a pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, it depends who they get, but you know they've got a, yeah. a good future potentially. This could actually be quite a good segue into uh, Ben's bombshell for this week. Actually, uh, let's, in terms of let's do it. Uh, yep. Let me press the button first. <laughs> It's impulsive. You don't understand why it's explosive. Because it's time for Ben's Bombshell. All right. Welcome to hit Ben's me, Bombshell. Ben. Good to be back. Hit me, hit me <laughs> I'm going to try and keep the... <laughs> try and keep the intro as quick as possible before I get to the juicy bit. So, uh, I think it was actually one of my first Bombshells this, this season. I made a very early prediction... Uh, what teams will be making the playoffs based on kind of how many each each year. And uh, I made a big error, which I immediately corrected next week in saying that uh, the Bulls wouldn't be making the playoffs, which they're first in the East now. But I did say the Charlotte Hornets were coming in. So I want to provide a bit of context. This is partially covering my ass, but partially looking at an interesting uh, thing that I've been looking at, which is playoff droughts. 
And that's yes. what I'm going to be focusing on. Okay. I'm going to do a really deep dive maybe later in the season. But for now, I really want to focus on the Hornets. And I think it's a good good uh, case study, a bit of a good example. So oh, well, I, like case uh, I had a bit of a look. Yeah, I, I went a little bit in on the stats this, uh, this time. Okay. Uh, not Maybe not too far, but we'll, we'll see. So uh, honestly, I think the Hornets have a, have a good shot. Sitting in seventh at the moment. So they're kind of on that on that borderline in the playing game, uh, but I mean they're they're still looking pretty strong. But some interesting things with the with the Hornets. So they actually have currently the second longest playoff drought uh, streak at the moment. Uh, it's a little bit obvious who has the number one Sacramento Kings. They're currently <laughs> sitting on fifteen seasons since their last playoff oh. run, and I think they're going to be maybe the highlight of my full on uh, playoff drought deep dive later on okay. uh, so we'll leave that on the back burner but the hornets actually do have the second longest running streak at five seasons uh the last time they made the playoffs was 2015 and before that i think it was 2013 but both of them were first round exits yeah. they actually haven't made it to the second round since 2001 2002 playoffs Damn. so looking a little bit grim for them but uh it's looking a lot better a lot better at the moment so if we look at their draft picks i think this has been a big issue for them because uh, the average average uh, streak, I have actually had a bit of a look across the league. The longest uh, playoff drought streak is usually about six game, uh, sorry, six uh, seasons. Mm-hmm. So by the sixth season, among most teams throughout the entire NBA history, by around about the sixth season, that you should be seeing them coming back into the playoff contention, and that tracks because they're currently at five seasons out. So I think this could be the season where they come back. So this is a little bit of a a little bit of a look into their previous picks and. This could be a bit of fun because I want to. I want you to tell me if you really recognize any of these names, because if we look at their draft picks from 2004 uh, onwards, they've had a lot of top ten picks. Uh, obviously, not making the playoffs a lot, you do get a lot of higher picks. So 2004, this number two pick overall, Emeka Okafor. Does, does that name ring a bell at all, or no? Not not an all star anything. So he's actually one of the one of the highest up there in terms of draft flops because uh, he really really <laughs> didn't deliver. 2005, they had the fifth pick. They got Raymond Felton. He at least was a decent role player, starter a little bit. Uh, number, th- number three in 2006 was Adam Morrison. I mean, another flop. 2007, they had the eighth pick, got Brandon Wright. It just goes on and on. And every season, they've been getting these top ten picks. And I mean, look, I mean, you, you don't have a crystal ball, but they've been picking up terrible players. I think the first time it really changed was 2011, which uh, we actually talked about with Kyrie and Clay. Uh, pretty good options there with number nine they picked up Kemba Walker okay, who yeah, obviously yeah. was was a big big step up for them wow, uh, led, led the Hornets name. for many years <laughs> sorry about the first one that you recognize mm-hmm. uh funnily enough they actually picked up Tobias Harris <clears throat> as well at number 19 but unfortunately that pick went to Milwaukee uh so that could have been a good good duo uh after that it's kind of went downhill a little bit which I think why Kemba was just so fed up he had he had some great potential but they didn't really give him a number two guy uh, the next year they picked up with this number two pick overall, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Do you remember? Do you remember this guy? He never really got a jump. He had the ugliest jump shot. His elbow kind of whacked himself in the face. It was just messy. No. Um, but that draft, they had no. the number two pick, and they passed up on these guys. So you'll recognize these names: uh, Bradley Beal, yeah, uh, Damian Lillard, uh-huh. uh, guys like Draymond Green, Chris Middleton. Which, to be fair, they were a bit of a surprise. Um, but yeah, they just. Didn't make good picks. Uh, 2014, they had another top 10 pick. They got Noah Vonley. They could have had Ooh. Zach Levine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they could have had Zach Levine. They could have had Capella, Nurkic, Jeremy Grant, Jokic. Uh, 
it was just bad. And then they eventually got to 2018. They got just Alexander, who's now with the Thunder. Uh, they actually swapped with the Clippers, and they got Miles Bridges. So okay. this is kind of the turning point. This okay. is the turning point. That's a so bit better. I think the the management for the honestly the last and, and no offense, but the last over a decade, they've just been making poor draft decisions, and it happens. It happens. So you get a lot of teams that pick the bad bad picks, like Greg Oden turned out badly instead of picking Kevin Durant, but at least Portland later down the track got Lillard. I feel like the Hornets haven't been making multiple good picks in a row. But this is where it changes. So they swapped it from Bridges, which at first didn't look great. But Bridges this season has been playing absolutely incredibly. He's been playing so much better. Yeah. Following year, they got PJ Washington, 2019. Again, another great player for the team. And 2020, who else? Number third pick, Lamelo Ball. Mello. And this is this is the turning point for them. So he, it's about Mello the consistency of the draft picks. So good. Yeah. So good. I mean, rookie of the year. Uh, putting up even better stats this year, of course. Uh, he was previously the youngest uh, player to average a triple-double. He's he just like oozing with talent. Uh, if we look at some of the other teams that have had long, uh, I guess, droughts from the playoffs, at least they've been building consistent talent. I think you, you can have a few bad picks, like the, I mean, the Cavs, Anthony Bennett, another flop, but at least they've picked up guys like Sexton, Garland, Mobley this mm. year. It's about consistency. And I think the, the Hornets now... Uh, at the end of my little essay that I'm going on, uh, I think they've actually got more of a well-rounded team and I think more picks that have gone well in general. So that's kind of the end of my little rant. Um, I think it does link in a little bit to the Kings because they do have the longest by far uh, drought and I think I'll do a bit more of a deep dive, but I think that's what it comes down to. So I guess my bombshell for the end of this is that you, you occasionally get the generational talent like LeBron James. You, you get the one pick, turns the whole franchise around. But it's about consistency with picks. So while I do like to kind of look each year and go, oh, yeah, this guy, this guy looks good, I think you need to look at the whole portfolio as a whole. And that's the difference between the Hornets. Uh, they've had multiple back-to-back years of picking up talent. And I'm still calling it. I know, I know it was a weird take. I agree the Bulls are obviously going to be in, but I'm going to commit. I'm going to say the Hornets make the playoffs this year, this year and break their losing streak. Oh, there I'd we go. That's my, that's my bombshell. <laughs> I think the, um, the the interesting thing with Charlotte is like, thank goodness they're starting to make better decisions. Like, mm. At what point do you have to start realizing like, mm, we're not good at getting talent, but how, like, it's <laughs> going to be interesting over the next couple of years. How can they build uh, build around Lamelo? Mm, absolutely. Because kind of like we're saying with, with that generational talent with LeBron, I think Lamelo. Not he's not going to be the next LeBron, but as in he's up on that higher tier. I think guys like Bridges and Washington are solid and good picks. But I think you're totally right. How do they build around Lamelo? How do you, you know Terry Rozier is 27? Um, you got mm. Ish Smith at 33. Gordon Haywood's 31. Mm. Like how can can you move those guys to get some get some more talent, mm. or can you just get a good big? That'd be really helpful. <laughs> Absolutely. I think we have mentioned before how Charlotte are in a bit of desperate need. And this is this is the thing I think that, that ties in with the Pacers. If they can pick up Sabonis or Miles Turner, honestly, either of those, and I, I would say that Charlotte's going to be a multiple year in a row uh, contender, yes. I would say, in terms you, of playoffs. Did you see LaMelo Ball's um, game-winning uh, shot the other day? Oh, what a shot. So he, he's driving in, looks like he's going straight to the cup, and then goes like parallel to it, takes like a sideways 
leader shot. I don't even know what it's it was. Like a sideways jumper. It was so impressive. He's just so nimble, even though six eight is his speed and ability to change direction too. Oh, yeah, it's, it's impressive. He so just good. like did that in the air. It was nuts. I think he was looking <laughs> for like an outlet to a corner, and it didn't open up. So he's like, oh, okay, I guess I'm gonna take it, and it just goes in. And... Yeah. I mean, if if he's surprised by an opening, yeah, he's. I mean, he's gonna take it. If they're gonna leave him, he's gonna take Absolutely. that shot. So. Absolutely. Very yeah, I I like that yeah. Well, look, Lame- if someone can carry them, it's Lamelo. Like they've they've made good moves. Mm-hmm. Like I think Gordon Hayward was a good pickup. Lamelo was obviously mm. a good pickup, especially when you consider him to Wiseman. Um, yeah, I think it's a shame that Golden State didn't pick up Lamelo. They could have, but they just didn't have the. <laughs> that need, could have been a very interesting combo, but yeah, because you could always no, play him at small forward. Like, I mean, it's six eight or six seven. That'd be you could, you could do like a, a Steph at point guard. Uh, Cle- oh no, you could play him at shooting guard, or you put uh, Lamelo at the point, Steph at shooting guard, and Clay at small forward. I mean, Steph runs so much off ball, he could be a shooting guard as well. Yeah. So yeah, that would be, oh, be interesting. That would be an interesting fantasy team. <laughs> that could be mm. real, real interesting. But um. Let's let's end the Spotify mm. portion. So thanks for listening. Mm. Give us a, a like, follow, in. subscribe, tell your mum. We're we're really good <laughs> at you know providing content for mothers. So make sure you tell your mum. Get her mm. involved. Biggest fans. <laughs> Our biggest fans. Uh, yeah, give us a Absolutely. like. Thanks for listening, and we're gonna peace out. If you want to hear us chat a little bit more about just a couple other things, head over to our YouTube channel, which is YouTube slash Hoopinions. We will see you there. Thank you. Peace out. Eight out. Bye.